Welcome to Health Club with Julia. I'm your host, health coach, and registered dietitian, Julia Campagna. I'm on a mission to bridge the gap between looking your best and living your life to the fullest. After years of over-dieting, struggling with disordered eating, and destroying my social life, I finally found how to reach my dream physique without sacrificing the things I love. Now I'm sharing all my strategies and education with you. We'll be talking all things health, including hormones, metabolism, and lifestyle to help you cut out the confusion and start living. So get cozy and join the club. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm actually really excited for today's episode. It's a little bit different than my norm because I'm going to be doing a Q&A and I'm really excited about this because number one, I personally love listening to Q&As. I just like getting more information and kind of seeing what like the podcaster thinks about things. So what I did was I put up a question box the other day just saying like, ask me anything, Q&A, and then I got a few responses from that that I am going to be going through and answering all of those questions. So it's also fun, like you guys get to ask me things and I'm I'm answering them for you. So it's not just like my ideas about what I want to talk about on a podcast. It's also, you know, this episode is more so what you guys are interested in and what questions you guys have. So I'm I'm really excited. I love listening to these, so I'm excited to record one and I will be doing more of these in the future because like I said, I just like doing them or I I like listening to them, so I want to do more of them. So if in the future I drop a question box, I will I'll put like Q&A for a podcast and if you guys want things answered in more detail and like more depth send in questions and I will record them here for you guys to kind of go through and see what my thoughts are on the questions that you have. So without further ado, let's get into some of these questions. So we're going to start off nice and easy. The first question I got is what is your favorite exercise at the moment? This one was easy. So I go back and forth between loving upper body days and then loving lower body days. I don't know if I have a favorite like day specifically because I just go back and forth. I do my own training and some training blocks. I absolutely love the upper bodies days that I put in there. And sometimes I love the leg days. This past training block that I did, I loved my, one of my leg days. And within that, so getting to the answer, my fave exercise at the moment is Smith machine step-ups. I love them. I had always done step-ups with like a box and dumbbells, but just this last training block, I tried them on the Smith machine and it was a game changer. Number one, the mind-muscle connection I feel in my glutes is far greater with Smith machine step-ups than dumbbell. And I still feel it a lot with dumbbell step-ups, but for whatever reason, it's just so much harder, probably because I can use more weight because I'm loading it on my back and not just holding it in my hands. So it does challenge my lower body a little bit more, but I just love the movement. I don't know if I'll ever, I'm lying. I will go back to dumbbell step-ups every now and then because I do love those ones as well. But my favorite exercise at the moment is Smith Machine step-ups. If you have not tried them, try them out. There's a couple variations to them and different ways that you can do it on the Smith Machine But if you have questions on like what I personally do with Smith Machine step-ups, let me know. I can guide you through that. But they're amazing. Definitely try it out if you have never done it on the Smith Machine. 
And then, so the next question I got is what is your diet like? This is a loaded question because honestly, my diet is whatever I'm feeling at the time. So I will say my diet is mainly consistent of quote unquote healthy foods, more nutrient dense foods, because I personally love to eat healthy. I'm not somebody who ever really grew up eating bad. Like I generally always ate well, even as a kid, I tried all new things. I would not shy away from anything. Like I had octopus when I was like freaking, I don't know, five years old. Like my parents made us try everything and so I love everything. I honestly don't know if I dislike any food. I can't think right now, but I don't think I don't think that I hate any food. But I just love to eat healthy. It makes me feel really good. It gives me a lot of energy. It doesn't make me feel like gassy or bloated or, you know, when I eat well, I just feel really good because our bodies thrive off of that. That is what human bodies were made to consume. And I feel like I've had this discussion with a few people in the past and it's really just funny. So this is like a side tangent, but it's really funny because like, especially here in America, our food system is not the greatest. And it's wild because if you really think about it, when we say, I have to go on a diet, a quote unquote diet. I have to diet. I have to diet down. I'm on a diet. I can't eat that. We are talking about healthy food, right? When we think I have to go on a diet, we are saying I need to only eat healthy food and like I have to stay away from junk food. But when you really think about it, that healthy food is what our bodies are designed to have. So it's just really ironic and funny to me whenever somebody's like, oh, I have to go on a diet. It's like almost shaming healthy food. Like we're not not shaming healthy food. I, I'm trying to get this out in a way that you understand what I'm trying to say. But what I'm saying is like we get so consumed by the processed food and like junk food that we then have to resort to going back to our roots. When in reality, if we just stuck to our roots and stuck to what our bodies were made to have, it wouldn't be like we wouldn't be on a diet. We wouldn't be having to diet back and like cut out junk food and I hope you understand what I mean by me saying that. Like, it's funny that we consider going on a diet as like, ugh, this that's actually the food that we're meant to have. So anyway, side tangent, back to the, the question. My diet, mostly healthy. I just love to eat healthy. It makes me feel really good, gives me a lot of energy, and it is conducive to my goals as well. Um, getting into more specifics, I always have three meals a day, and then I'll have a snack or two depending on how hungry I am that day. I do not track anymore. I used to track a lot, but I do not track anymore. I don't restrict anything. My favorite food, anytime anybody asks me what's your favorite food, it's ice cream. I could live off ice cream. I love it so much. And I, I've come a f- long, long way with my eating habits. I, I And again, if you followed me for you know a while, you, you kind of know what my past was like. But I used to restrict a lot and told myself I could only eat like from a short list of foods. But now I just eat whatever I want, whenever I want. Like I, for example, I got crumble cookies on, it's, it's a Tuesday right now. I got crumble cookies on Saturday. So I had a little bit of crumble cookies on Saturday, a little bit on Sunday, Monday, and we still have some today because I am so far away from that all or nothing mentality that they can sit in my house and I don't feel like I have to attack them and binge them. So they're, they're still here at my house. So I've literally had cookies like every day 
since Saturday. And it's not like I'm having like 12 cookies. I'm having a couple bites here and there. But my point is I have cookies whenever I feel like it. I have pizza whenever I feel like it. But the majority of my diet is quote unquote healthy foods because that's what I love. And I love to create healthy recipes that are also delicious. So I hope that kind of answers it. It's like I said, a loaded question because I don't have like It's not just ABC, like I eat what I want whenever I want. I have three meals a day plus some snacks. I eat mostly healthy because I like it, but I also love ice cream and other quote unquote fun foods. So that's kind of what my diet is like. Hopefully that answered the question. Question number three, what made you want to become an RD? So for those who don't know, RD stands for registered dietitian. I am a registered dietitian. So funny story about this whole journey I, so in my undergrad, I was going for education. That was my major up until my senior year. And not only my senior year, my last semester of senior year, my last semester of undergrad, I switched majors. My parents wanted to kill me, rightfully so at that point, because I was almost done with college. And I was like, nope, this is not for me. But it really just stemmed from my eating disorder that I had. And once I was recovering from that, I knew in my soul that my purpose was to help women not go through what I went through, or if they are already going through that, help them through that and understand more about nutrition and the body. So I felt a calling when I was recovering from my ED. That's kind of where it stemmed from. Plus, I was always interested in health and fitness in general. So that also helped. But yeah, my Last semester of college, I switched degrees. I was an English education major. So then I ended up just graduating from undergrad with my straight English degree, not English education, just English, because I already had all of those requirements done so I could still graduate on time. So I ended undergrad with an English degree. I, what will I ever do with English? But then I went back to school. I had to do two years of prerequisites because I was an English major And so I had zero sciences and registered dietitian is a lot of sciences. So I went back for two years at a community college to do some prerequisites. And then I applied for grad school and got my master's in dietetics. So that took another two years. So I was in college for about eight years. It was a long journey, but I knew that that was my calling. And I am so happy that I did that. And that also just goes to show that you never really know what you want to do until you know. So like there's people like I'm 28 almost now. And like, I have a good hand on obviously what I want to do with my life. Cause I'm, I'm doing that now, but you never really know. Like some people just don't know. And that's what makes it so hard when you're going into college to be like, okay, I don't know what I want to do. So long story short, basically it was because of my eating disorder as to why I wanted to become an RD. And that's the process that it took me to get there. So question four is coffee first thing in the AM question mark. Why should we not or why shouldn't we? Okay, so coffee first thing in the morning. I don't know if you're asking me if I have that or not. I personally try not to have coffee first thing in the morning. You should not have it on an empty stomach. I typically will wait until my first meal to have the coffee. I am not perfect though. I will say like Every single time I have coffee, do I have a meal first? No, there's some points where I don't have a meal first and I just grab coffee, but I'm conscious of it and I try not to do that as much as possible. So the second part of that question, why should we not have it on an empty stomach? Why should we not have it first thing in the morning? So 
coffee on an empty stomach kind of disrupts a lot of the body's functions. So what it does is it spikes our cortisol, which is our stress hormone. It's like our fight or flight response. So if we if it spikes our cortisol, number one, that interrupts our natural cortisol release. So we have a natural cortisol release. It's the awakening response where cortisol is released when we wake up to help us get up, get out of bed, get energized for the day. And then it does slowly start to fade off as the day goes on. That is a natural cortisol release. But having coffee on an empty stomach without having anything to kind of balance that out, that cortisol release out, it does spike our cortisol up way high, which increases our stress as well. And so it increases cortisol, it increases our stress response. This disrupts our blood sugar. So it releases sugars into the bloodstream to kind of help lower that cortisol and manage the cortisol release. So it does disrupt our blood sugar. We have a blood sugar spike, which all of those things in turn then do affect our hormones. It affects our overall endocrine system. So it just kind of disrupts all the body, uh, all the functions going on in the body that we naturally have. So it can disrupt that. We have food with coffee so that it kind of levels out that cortisol spike, levels out that blood sugar response. So it's not so much of a spike. And also if you're having drastic spikes in cortisol, you're going to have a drastic crash. That's why typically if you have coffee in an empty stomach and you don't eat for like a long period of time after, you will probably feel a crash after because that cortisol is spiked up and then it will drop back down. So that is why we do not want to have caffeine on an empty stomach. So try to have coffee either after your first meal or with your first meal. Get something in your system before you just have it on an empty stomach. Question five, what are your current goals? So right now, honestly, it's a boring answer, but I am just maintaining. I'm just like living life and maintaining where I am currently at. I am just trying to be, and I know this sounds cliche, but I really am just trying to be the best version of myself. I don't necessarily have a physique goal. I'm not trying to lose weight or gain weight. I am just trying to maintain where I'm at, maintain my health status, because at this point right now, like I'm not too concerned about how I look. I am more concerned about longevity and what my health means and like what like how healthy I am on the inside so I'm really just focusing on balancing my hormones making sure that my hormone response is good making sure that I'm at a stable place with like basically all the functions in my body and just kind of maintaining my my physique right now so I like where I'm at physique wise I don't like I said I don't want to gain weight lose weight I'm just I'm happy where I'm at physique wise I'm just focusing on training because I love it and because it's what I want to do and being creative with that focusing on my internal health and longevity and like just preparing my body for a future like I like I already said in this podcast episode I'm almost 28 I will not that it's anytime soon I'm not rushing this but like in the next five years I want to have kids and like just things are changing in my life and so I want to prepare my body as best as possible for those changes so that's kind of my goals right now is just overall health longevity and maintaining my physique question six are machine workouts as effective as free weeds and what is the difference so short answer yes they are just as effective you can still get in great workouts doing machines as you will with free weights they both have benefits they are both very good you're both you're being active with both forms so there's nothing wrong with one or the other but i will say free weights 
don't give you as much stability or assistance. So when you're using machines, they are assisting you and they are giving you more stability. So because of that, using free weights can be a little bit harder. They're also recruiting smaller muscle fibers, aka your stabilizer muscles. So you have to use more muscles and able to stabilize your body during your lifts with free weights. So for example, you let's compare a dumbbell shoulder press or overhead press, however you prefer to call it, a dumbbell shoulder press versus a machine shoulder press. So for the dumbbell shoulder press, you are using more muscles to help stabilize your body. So of course you're using your shoulders, front, rear, side delts. You are using your core. You are using your traps. You are using your biceps, your triceps. So you are pulling in all of these muscles to help aid in stabilizing your body through it. Versus if you're using a shoulder press machine, that is on a fixed range of motion. The machine just basically goes up and down. There's really no like forward back. It is assisted and locked in a fixed range of motion. So you're using your shoulders, but there's really no need for extra stabilizer muscles because you don't have to really stabilize your body because the machine is doing that for you. So I hope that makes sense. Both have a lot of benefits. There's nothing really wrong with either of those. However, with free weights, it could be a little bit more harder. You are using more muscles, stabilizer muscles to assist you with the lift. So I recommend machines more so for like beginners who are new to the gym, who are just starting out. And also if you want to isolate your muscles. So for example, with isolation, Let's say you want to train quads. You could go and do a squat, but like we said, using free weights, you're recruiting more muscles. So in a squat, you're not just isolating your quads. You're also using your glutes, your hamstrings, your core, your back. So you're using other muscles with that versus if you wanted to isolate your quads, maybe hop on a leg extension machine and you're really just using your quad muscles in that machine. So I recommend machines for beginners and isolating muscles. And if, you know, you're working on like form, things like that, uh, more specifics, but uh, free weights for other things as well. So that's kind of the difference between them. And yeah, but machines are as effective. They're still great. Um, Question seven is how long have you been lifting and how you like doing abs since this world lacks that? (laughs) Okay, so I have been lifting for about, I want to say seven years now. I really started getting into lifting in college because I was a division one athlete and we had team lift. So I started lifting with my college team. For me personally, on my own, I really started getting into lifting on my own, probably my sophomore year of college. So that was, oof, that was 2015, I believe. So that is eight years. So about eight years I have been lifting for. And well, if you count me like just starting out lifting with my team. My first year of college, my freshman year of college, I wasn't really into lifting on my own. But if you count lifting in general, so like I lifted with my team my freshman year, I just didn't do it myself. But then that would be more like nine years. Um, And then how I like doing abs since this world lacks that. I'm a little bit confused on this question. Like how do I do abs or do I enjoy doing abs? I don't know kind of which way we're going with that. Personally, I don't do abs that often. I do enjoy doing them sometimes, 
but I don't do them that often. It's really just kind of when I think about it and when I have extra time to throw abs in at the end of my workouts because I recruit my ab muscles in a lot of the lifts that I perform. So going back to that squat example that I gave with the last question, if I'm squatting, I'm using my core. So I don't necessarily isolate my core specifically. However, for somebody that lacks core stability and core strength, yes, I would suggest doing core exercises for that reason, because having a solid core and having core strength does help in your other lifts. So for example, using that squat, again, if you have a weak core, your squat will probably suffer a little bit because your core is not strong enough to help with that lift. So if you have a weak core, if you want to increase core stability, do train your core separately, like isolate core muscles or core exercises, I I should say. My favorites with core exercises are planks. I love dead bugs as well. Those are probably my top two favorites. And then I guess if I had to throw in a third, it would be like leg lifts. But dead bugs and planks have been like my go-to. I also really love the ab roller for some reason. I think it's because it's so challenging and I love a challenge that I love the ab roller too. So those are my faves, but I personally don't train core that often because I have a strong core and I train my core within my lifts. However, if you need more core strength, I would suggest isolating your core and doing ab exercises. Next question, thinking about coming off of birth control soon, any tips? Yes. So first and foremost, do not cut birth control cold turkey. I highly recommend not doing that because you want to kind of support your body before you come off of it. So first things first, what I would suggest is educating yourself. When I came off of birth control, I did so much research on how to come off of it. I read books. I listened to podcasts. I followed like different Instagram pages that helped with this. So my favorite book is Beyond the Pill by Jolene Brighton. Love that book for coming off the pill. It is really, really good at educating yourself on how to come off of it. There's also a ton of podcasts that you can listen to fertility podcasts that help with coming off of birth control, as well as a ton of Instagram people out there too, like Balanced Buyers, one of my faves on Instagram to help with hormones and birth control related topics. So educate yourself is first and foremost, make sure that you know what you're doing when you come off. Number two, support your body while you are on birth control before coming off of it. Our body is depleted of certain nutrients while on birth control. So I would suggest supplementing to kind of replenish those nutrients that are lost. So the three main ones that come to mind, vitamin B, selenium, magnesium, we are depleted of those while on it. So I would suggest supplementing with those before coming off of it so that it makes it easier when you do come off of it, your body is kind of supported already with those. That kind of ties into my third suggestion would be to support your liver, liver detoxes. That is our natural form of detoxification is through our liver. So you want to support your liver to help with hormones and the detoxification of certain things. So uh, also make sure you are supporting your liver. You also want to make sure that you are not like in a severe deficit because we want to make our body feel as safe as possible. And if you are in a severe deficit slash if you have been in a deficit for a long period of time, your body already doesn't feel super safe. So I would suggest going back up to maintenance calories, making sure that you are at a good intake to not only support your body's functions and 
making sure your body is at an optimal place, but also making your body feel safe as well. So focus on having balanced plates, having you know, protein, carbs, healthy fats at each meal, along with some fiber, and really just making sure that your calories are not super, super low. You're not super in a deficit and making your body feel safe. And that kind of ties along with my other, my next kind of suggestion with making your body feel safe is you may have to lower your training volume and intensity. This is not pertaining to everyone, but especially if you're somebody who trains really, really hard, like five, six days a week, you might want to taper that off a little bit, again, to make your body feel really safe, to reduce the stress and inflammation that is going on in your body. Because coming off of birth control, there's a lot of changes going on. When you are on birth control, your hormones are kind of flatlined. Like you're you're not producing like your regular hormone cycles that you would if you had not natural hormone production. So coming off of it is a big stressor for your body. There's a lot of changes that happen when you come off of it. So you want to bring down the stress, bring down the inflammation, make your body feel as safe as possible. So that also ties into lowering training volume, intensity, just for short term until you really get a hang of your hormone production again and your body is like kind of regrouping from coming off of birth control. So those would be my first starting tips. If you have any more tips about birth control coming off of it, feel free to DM me and we can talk more about that specifically for you. Next question, how to get rid of stubborn belly fat. So this I get a lot um, and bad news, you cannot spot reduce fat. So for you saying like how I have stubborn belly fat I want to get rid of, you cannot just say, hey, I am going to get rid of the fat that's on my belly. You have to lose belly or you have to lose fat overall to lose it in your belly. So you cannot just target where you re, um, where you lose the, the body fat. You have to just lose it overall and it eventually will come off of the abdominal area. So for that, your biggest things are going to be going into a deficit, making sure that you are in a deficit in some sort of way, either eating less than you expend or doing a little bit more like cardio and using that as a form of deficit as well. So number one thing, being in a deficit to lose body fat overall will help with getting rid of your stubborn belly fat. The next question, how do you, how did you overcome your ED? I am struggling right now, dot, dot, dot. Okay. So how I overcame this, it is a process. I will tell you, it is not easy to kind of recover from that. And I think honestly, ED recovery is ongoing. You can be quote unquote recovered, but I still think that it is an ongoing process because little things can kind of trigger you in some sense. So I think that it's always ongoing. But the main thing I did is getting help. Honestly, I could not have done it on my own. And people who are in an ED, it's really hard to see, number one, that you're even in one because you deny, deny, deny. So First and foremost, get help that you need. Talk to your friends, talk to your family, get a dietitian. You know, use resources to help you, therapist, psychologist. Use resources and get the help that you need. That is the really biggest thing that helped me get out of it because like I said, I would not have kind of changed if it wasn't for other people saying you need help and and helping me through that. So, get the help that you need. Number two, it's a lot of mindset work. And e- an eating disorder is not necessarily just food-based. based. It is a lot of mindset work. So breaking habits, breaking food rules, kind of challenging different food rules that you have. For example, food fears. Let's say you are you know, terrified to eat a slice of bread because it's carbs. Oh my God. 
challenge that use it like go slow over time maybe you can only start by having a bite of bread great start there challenge that keep working on that until eventually you can have half a slice of bread eventually you can have a full slice of bread so i would challenge the rules and habits that you have so and eating disorders are different for everybody so this it's kind of hard to say specifics with this question because it's based on what that person is is really going through specifically so again if you are struggling reach out to me. I want to be a resource for you to help you through the struggles that you have. This was the whole reason why I became a registered dietitian and online coach was because of my ED. So I would love to help you out. If you need that support, please let me know. And we can talk more specifics with you on this. The next question I have is how much do you eat each day? So Again, I'm not going to just kind of come out and say exactly what I eat because I don't know. I have not tracked macros in a really long time. I used to track very often and, you know, I I used to just track every day and, and know what I was having every single day, but I don't anymore. I haven't tracked really consistently in like two, three years. Honestly, it's been a really long time. I am more intuitive now and that's just what I prefer. I will say a couple months ago I did track for like three days just to kind of see where I was at because I did want to kind of cut back a little bit so I wanted to see where I was at and kind of what I needed to do to to kind of change that. So a couple months ago I tracked at I think it was 2200 and then one day I was like on average, it was 2,200. I think one day was like 1,900, one day was like 2,300, one day was 21. So on average, it was like somewhere around 2,200 calories. Um, So that's currently where I'm roughly around. Again, I don't track, so I don't know for sure my exact intake right now, but I don't restrict. Like I said in question one, I have three meals a day plus snacks, usually one to two snacks, depending on how hungry I am that day. And I just kind of eat when I'm hungry, stop when I'm full. I'm really good about being mindful about my body and being in tune with my body at this point because I know my body so much better now than I used to. So I know what I need. I know what I need based on my goals. And yeah, I don't really track. So I don't know, but a little over 2000, I would say right now. And then the last question I want to go over is how do you balance gym, work, etc.? So this is also a loaded question. Um, My first and foremost response to this would be planning. I don't have as much going on right now currently than I did like when I was in school. That was a lot. But I still own my own business, so I have to run my own business. I, you know, how do I balance being healthy, eating healthy, going to the gym, work, I'm also traveling a ton this summer, so how how am I balancing all of that? First and foremost would be to plan. I make sure I know exactly what needs to be done when it needs to be done by. So what is urgent? What can be put off for a couple of days? What do I need to get ahead on before I travel? When am I, <clears throat> when am I traveling? You know, I know exactly what needs to be done beforehand, so I always plan ahead. That way I can plan out my business things like what do I need to do for work. I can plan out my lifts and when I'm going to get my lifts in during the week. So like also like every Sunday I always think like, okay, what do I have going on this week? How many lifts can I get in and when am I going to get them in? So 
with gym stuff, like how I balance fitness, it's based on week to week scheduling and what I have going on that week. And I will plan out when I'm getting my lifts in for the week. Like every Sunday, I'll kind of think about that. And then business related things. How do I stay ahead and plan for that? Like I said, I kind of break it down by what is urgent, what needs to be done today, what needs to be done this week, what can be pushed off for another, you know, X amount of time, what needs to be done in the next like 60, 90 days. So I break it down into that. And then I say, okay, this is all my tasks. This is the projects I'm working on. Let me set to-do lists and deadlines for each thing. So even though I work for myself, I do set deadlines for myself. For example, I have a project coming up that I'm not going to share. It's exciting. I can't wait, but I will not share it yet. But it is not kind of launching until later this year, probably like October-ish. But I have deadlines now that I have to work on for my launch in October. So I have deadlines and I just make sure that I am staying on top of tasks beforehand. So planning ahead with workouts, gym, business stuff, as well as nutrient, like nutrition stuff. I'll go shopping each week, kind of plan out what am I going to have? What do I need? Make sure I'm stocked up on all the things that I need. Number two, set boundaries. This is something that I used to suck at, but... I've gotten so much better with this and and sometimes it just means working a little bit later. So like some days during the week, I'm working till eight, nine o'clock at night. Sometimes I work on the weekends, usually one day out of the weekend I will work. And sometimes that just, it is what it is. I have, like I said, I, I run my own business. I'm my own boss. I need to get things done. And so sometimes that means saying no to doing things on the weekends or holding things off and like pushing it later. But I need, I know that I need to get things done and I also know that balance is important to me. Like I want to live my life. I want to hang out with friends. I want to do the things that I love to do as well. So again, that kind of goes back to planning and knowing, okay, this is what needs to be done this week. Let's try to get it all done during the week as much as I can. Maybe I have to stay up later and work later. But if I can't get it all done, what can I do over the weekend while also having fun and enjoying my life? So setting boundaries, saying no when I need to say no, pushing myself to work later if I need to work later and just making sure that I am owning up to what I need and and setting personal responsibility with those things. Also, number three, setting priorities. What is important to me? What is important to you? It is easy to balance everything when I know exactly what is a priority in my life. Fitness is a priority. I wake up at 5.30 a.m. every single morning to get to the gym so that I have the full day to work. That is a priority for me. I make sure it happens because I enjoy working out. It is based on my goals and it's something that is basically a non-negotiable for me. So because the gym is a priority, I make sure I get it in when I can, aka 5.30 in the morning. I sacrifice and I wake up really early to have the rest of the day to work. Also in terms of priorities, like I said, I like to have balance. I like to do things on the weekend. So one day of the weekend, I will absolutely say this is me time. I make it a non-negotiable to be off my phone. If you'll notice, like Saturday is usually my day that I'm off. Sometimes it is Sunday, but I'm not on Instagram as much on like a Saturday because I make it a non-negotiable to try to stay off my phone, do things with the people around me, have fun, kind of let loose a little bit. So set your boundaries, what is important to you and work around that. I will say it's not super easy to balance everything. Sometimes it gets really hard, especially when I have a lot of things going on and coming up. But it doesn't have to be super complicated. Make sure you're planning. Make sure you're setting boundaries. Make sure you know what is a priority for you. And it makes it a lot easier to balance everything out. So those were my main questions that I wanted to go over. 
if you ended up asking me anything and I did not get to it, I apologize. I will be doing more of these, so make sure that you are still sending in questions. And if I covered anything on here that you want to learn more about, feel free to DM me. We can talk about them more in depth if you would like to. But that covers this week's episode, this Q&A. I hope you guys enjoyed it, learned something new from me and my perspective, and I will catch up with you guys next episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Health Club with Julia podcast. If you love the episode, share the podcast and tag me and subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a DM. Thanks for being a part of the club. See you next time.